Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! And I saw there was this tweet that was like <laughs> Christmas Carol, whatever. It had these little points about like what sucks about it. And then at the end of it, it said, oh, yes. no Muppets. And then Muppets Christmas Carol, first <laughs> point was fuck ton of Muppets. <laughs> um, <laughs> double double Marley's for your buck. <laughs> and, Amazing. Uh, it was so funny. <laughs> Highly encourage you to someone to go search Muppets Christmas Carol tweet meme. You'll probably find it. Last um, year around this great. time, my best friend and I went to a bar. <laughs> Remember when? My best friend and I <laughs> went it. to That's a bar. That's the end of story. <laughs> yeah, right. Remember when? Amazing. We went to a bar and sat down, and they had some Christmas decorations up, but the the cream of the crop was the fact that the Muppets Christmas Carol was on both of the big screens behind the oh, bar. Yeah. That was really. That was that was it. We were sold at that it's point. It's not notch. It yeah. really is. Did I bitch to you about the FX Christmas Carol yet? FX Christmas. Did I, I do that so. a couple weeks ago? I don't know. Sarah and I watched it. This aired last year. It was technically a BBC thing with uh, Guy Pierce as Scrooge. Interesting. And choice. it was <laughs> FX aired it in the United States, and it's like this dark, edgy Christmas Carol, and it's oh. like. I don't know if anybody listening enjoyed it. Then, like, I, I, sorry, but I thought it was just <laughs> awful. It's funny. I was doing a little research on it, and apparently, when the first night aired on BBC, mm-hmm. it was like top couple of percentage points of viewership. It had tremendously high viewership on its first night. Yeah. Second night, it dropped off like fifty percent from that. <laughs> they did not come back for more. <laughs> no. And I'm like, yeah, man, I get it. I wouldn't either. <laughs> Oh, well. And it's lo- it t- it's longer to watch than it takes to read the fucking book. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, three hours. I can't. I can hardly. No, the whole book, you could read it. It's only 120 pages or something. Mm-hmm. You could read that whole thing in less than in two hours or less. There you go. And they do every Christmas. Um, hi. Welcome to the Feeny Call. Welcome, everyone. I'm Megan. I'm Skylar. And this... Today, this this today, we are talking about season four, episode sixteen, the first part of a two-parter, a long walk to Pittsburgh, is the mm-hmm. title. Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah. pretty famous one. Pretty high ratings on IMDb. Mm. I have high some, stakes. Yes, that too. I have some fun facts for us. So let me pull those up real quick. Let's hear them. So something that kind of ties over. The two-parter, it doesn't just pertain to this one, but our overarching fun fact for the two of them is that uh, it looked like Ryder Strong in the, these episodes was wearing fingernail polish. And they were like, are you wearing fingernail polish? And he said, no, I am not. He actually slammed his hand in a door before filming this two-parter. And so <laughs> what looks like fingernail polish is actually a giant bruise under his fingernail on his finger so i don't think i noticed that wow yeah i I, i've noticed it before and kind of and i didn't really think anything of it i was just like oh he's wearing fingernail polish like who cares and then i saw or i was looking up fun facts for this and i was like oh he actually that's actually a bruise well ow Uh, sorry about that i have a bruise that looks a lot like that on my toe actually because i dropped my ipad on it at the beginning of quarantine so fun fun fact about myself as well here we go pertaining just to this one though so the line now the doctor on er she really left it references er 
when Susan Lewis leaves for Phoenix. Apparently it's in season three. Um, the episode is Union Station. And she actually comes back later on the show, season eight in the episode Never Say Never. So she leaves and then she comes back, even though they, I guess at this time, only a couple seasons had been out. And so they don't know that she comes back. But I think that's kind of funny that she ends up coming back later on. That's what that's kind of the joke behind that line. Mm-hmm. My, that's my fun fact for this one. Cool. But yeah. So whose turn? Is it my turn? It's my turn. Right? Yes, it is. All righty. Let's do it. Let me get a timer going. Here we go. Ready, set, go. All right, so Eric goes up to Chubby's and he sees Sean uh, consoling and giving Topanga a kiss on the cheek and he goes home and he's like, Corey, I saw Sean kiss Topanga. And Corey's like, what? And he tries to call them and they don't answer and he confronts them in the cafeteria and Topanga like, leaves and he's like, Sean, what happened? And he's like, I can't tell you. You got to talk to Topanga. And so then Corey goes to talk to Topanga and realize, and they, she says that her family's moving to Pittsburgh and they're going to make it work long distance. And Sean's like, she's not going to move. And then she moves. And Alan and Amy have, have conflicting feelings about it. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I was like, wait, you still have two seconds in the time yeah so that's part one i i was thinking about it and i was like we're gonna record both of these it's one big plot but i'm gonna try to suss out different what did you learns in each of them that's fair that's fair i I tried to as well actually cool so what did you learn so in this part one they talk a lot about pain and feeling pain and trying to like your loved ones trying to protect you from pain but obviously in life there are there is unavoidable pain it will happen at some point if you haven't experienced this unavoidable pain count yourself very lucky because a lot of us have but instead of protecting the thing that we can do for the people around us who are in unavoidable pain is be there for them so i guess the stringing all of that together it would be that there is pain that you will experience in life, but friends and loved ones make that pain more bearable because it's unavoidable because it's life. That's nice. That's nice. Mine's not as nice. Well, I, uh... (laughs) yeah. My, my big takeaway from this episode is, it's it's such a uh uh I, I kept getting so annoyed at the communication in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> and the the abundantly broken down chains of communication in almost every single scene. And so my big lesson in this one is like talk to the people you give a shit about. Mm-hmm. Even if you're afraid of how that's gonna go, you need to talk to the people. All right. And you need and you gotta and you gotta really like you gotta really talk to the people, okay? Because Everything in this episode is just built on not telling people things mm-hmm. or not telling whole truths. Yes. For instance, I was pissed the whole episode. Everyone kept saying Sean kissed a panga. And I was like, no, no. One's, gonna, no one's adding yeah. on the cheek. No. Right? No, no I, one, I, Not I one person has ever agree. said that it's on the cheek. <laughs> yeah, um, I completely agree. And then I feel like Corey should be pretty pissed off when Topanga's like, we're moving in two days. Oh, I guess the implication is that, like, it's a sudden move that she just found out and they're moving in two days. But it's hard for me to swallow the idea that, like, she found out and they have two days to do it. Um, I agree. 
And, and so that's a hard pill for me to swallow, which means that I'm thinking she's known for the better part of a week or two, at least, yeah. maybe more, and that she has been avoiding telling him and is now yeah. telling him the two days, at which point I would be like, you told me when there's two days left, why don't you fucking tell me sooner? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm under the impression, well, I'm under the, imp- I would like to give Topanga the benefit of the doubt and think that it was very sudden and her parents might have known for like a week, but they didn't tell her. But the, Which the is also shitty. <laughs> oh, oh, it's, it's bullshit. But the fact of the matter is, there is a way that they could have done this where they could have like phased out where her mom could have gone and she could have either purchased a house out there or stayed in a hotel or an apartment and had them move when they were ready because a house doesn't sell in a week. That's not oh, how yeah. that works. So then, so the like, this is what? There's no way we can around that fast. <laughs> no, no. So I don't, that was the part that kind of fell apart for me. Cause I was like, I believe that your parents had to move quickly. And I believe that it was very last minute and you probably didn't know, but at the same time, this is all, it's so improbable and honestly impossible. You can't, you just can't sell a house in a week. That's no, no way. What they would have done. You can barely get a house listed in a week. Right. Her mom would have gone to Pittsburgh as soon as they needed her. And as a part of them telling her to do that, they would have been responsible for paying relocating fees for her and putting her up in an apartment temporarily until they had found somewhere to live. In which case Topanga and her dad will stay in their house and she'll finish out at least the school year there since it's already mid spring at this point she'll finish the school year her mom will live in an apartment renting in pittsburgh maybe come back to philly on the weekends Mm -hmm. and then in the summer they'll figure it out if they're gonna sell the house or if topanga and her dad are gonna stay for her senior year or what there's no way the only chance the only fucking thing here is like all right well the whole family moves in two days or we die (laughs) (laughs) yeah no there's no it's so improbable that fabricated stakes are bullshit wrap my head around but again it all uh, if i do accept all these given circumstances for what they are then then everyone just needs to like talk a little more uh i think i like Corey needs to talk a little more to shauna topanga topanga needs to talk more to Corey. sean needs to talk more to Corey. amy and Corey need to have more open conversations yes i I, i'm tipping my hand here alan is doing the damn thing right uh yes yes uh, eric Eric's fine, I guess. He do- he he has the information he has. I uh, think Eric should have approached Sean and Topanga in Chubby's and been like, "Hey guys, what's uh what's going on?" It shouldn't have gotten back to Corey before a conversation was had that where he's like, "She's just upset about something. She's going to tell Corey when she's ready." Mm-hmm. Like there should have been an additional Eric kind of he shot off his mouth a little early. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not that he shouldn't have at all, because I think he is a really good brother to Corey in this, in that, like, Corey feels this pain, and Eric's like, I, he does have this, like, protective older brother, I'm gonna go kick the ass of whoever is causing my brother pain, and then at the end, just standing there with him, even the fact that he drove to Pittsburgh, like, Eric is a good brother in this episode, but it's it, it's a bad, that was a bad judgment call to leave Chubby's with the, such little information and go spreading rumors at this point about Sean and Topanga. Yeah, I agree. Everyone just needed to talk more. That's what I learned. Everyone needs to talk more. There you go. Communication. Wow. That's never an issue on this show. (laughs) It's always communication. Always communication. That was my my lesson last week. Why is there no communication on this show? For a family that is so close, there's just no communication. I know. Yeah. 
the cake at the beginning is so decadent. Eric really, <laughs> he really went all out. He, he went like to a popped damn that bakery. lid off and there, the, the chocolate roses on top. And I was like, mm-hmm. man, that could be like a whole ass wedding cake almost. Give it another <laughs> tier and like, that's a wedding cake. Man, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. really, yeah, when that he was, shows that up, was he expensive, shows up. Expensive looking cake right there. Yeah. Too bad. It was just icing around a cardboard cylinder probably. Um, it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it looked great. Whoever it the did. props person is for this episode, it looked great and uh-huh. so decadent. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, so what I want, I want your take. Okay. I want your take. Let's, let's accept all the given circumstances for what they are. Okay. Well, I have a couple, there's a couple things, right? Okay. So I want your take mostly on the like Corey Allen, Amy, um, yeah. assessment of events and, and it's difficult, but try to try and to limit it to, part one yeah i know it's kind of it's hard it's but. it's hard to do so but since we're gonna i mean we still need to make an episode about part two what what is your take because i i have thoughts and feelings thoughts and feelings <laughs> the most frustrating I'll, I'll i guess i can say the most frustrating part of all of this is they're kind of they're not really hearing the other person specifically amy and Corey are having a hard time like actually hearing what the other person is saying with Corey, I, it's so frustrating because he doesn't, it's, it's blacker. It's so black or white with him. He can't hold two truths at once that yes, he loves Topanga and it, they can make it work, but it, it's also going to be so painful and it's going to be hard. He can't mm-hmm. hold those truths at the same time. And I'm like, you have to, this is the situation that life has put you in. So you need to be able to say, this is going to be hard. It, that doesn't mean that you can't make it work. And mm-hmm. and I think that's what he thinks is like, oh, if it's hard, it's not going to be able to work. No, mm-hmm. you can work on things that are hard. That's that's a, just a part of life is things are going to be hard. Make it work. Tim Gunn style, man. Like you got to <laughs> you just got to go for it. And and if it ends up badly, it ends up badly. But it could also end up in you and Topanga being together. It doesn't have to be one or the other. So for me, it was mostly Corey's lack of lack of flexibility with Amy. Oh God, Amy was just being a negative Nancy in this episode. And I don't mean for that to sound, I'm not trying to sound like Corey. And then I'm like, she doesn't believe in love and blah, 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 because it's clear from the next episode that she does. And she has faith in love. And I understand where she's coming from, but it's, it's in poor taste and it's bad timing, really bad timing. Yeah. Because, Clearly he's hurting and he need the, this is not what he needs to hear is that like, well, I dated plenty of people before I ended up with your father. Like, shut up, Amy. That's not what he needs to hear right now. He can hear that it's hard. You can tell him that it's going to be hard, but then you need to be there and listen to him and hear him and respond appropriately because right now you're just making it worse. And Alan is, is pretty quiet in this episode and honestly good for him because mm-hmm. <laughs> like, He's listening to Corey. He's listening to Amy. He's digesting all of it before he responds, which neither of them are doing. They're just kind of responding. The The emotions are high. They're responding off the cuff and no thinking, no hearing, no digesting is happening. And Alan's the only person who's doing that. I, I Alan is definitely the best in this situation, followed probably by Corey and then by Amy because Amy's just her timing is Whew, it's bad, which so, is not usually like Amy. I, I agree with most of what you said. What Amy is trying to do, 
I am on board with. Mm-hmm. I fully support her objective and hate her tactic. Yeah. <laughs> um, the execution is just bad. Yes, if we if we are to look at it as a as an acting exercise, her objective is clear. Her mm-hmm. tactic is garbage, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I think where it falls apart is she's trying to talk to Corey about these things about love and relationships as a person who has felt and experienced them, which she yeah. is, right? Whereas Corey is not that human and that no. is a foreign language to him. Mm-hmm. All he knows is aggressive teenage hormones and that he loves this girl and that must be the damn thing. Because I, at 16, definitely felt a, like aggressive hormonal love for for a high school partner i was so certain that like it was real love it was gonna last we were gonna we were gonna go on for the rest of our lives like i i felt very strongly similar in my conviction that he does here mm-hmm. which is why when i look at amy talking to him i'm like well that's not gonna do any like it's yes there is no changing that 16 year old's mind and no. she just bla- she just boldly ignores the like biochemistry of a teenage mind. Yeah. <laughs> um yes. which is which is so abundantly important to the emotions that he's expressing in this episode. Nothing she says can be true with the mind he has. And that's not like a sh- I'm not trying to shit on teenagers. I have before, but I'm not trying to now. <laughs> I am I'm really trying to give them some credit, I guess, and to say that like they are dealt a shitty hand as far as cerebral biochemistry goes. Uh, they they have little to no control over their emotions. And if you are a particularly empathic person, as we see Corey to be, uh, then it's even worse for you and, and you're gonna feel everything even more than that. And and it's and the second anyone tells you otherwise then you got to double down and prove their ass wrong like because yeah. you won't be told your emotions are bullshit absolutely not i i just wish amy would be like okay yeah and that's why alan's doing the thing he's listening he's like all right if this is gonna blow over then it's gonna blow over yep. if they're let gonna get on with it, it happen then they're gonna get on with it just let it happen don't force it why are we trying to force it you you as parents cannot, I know you're trying to protect him from like all this pain, but he's going to feel it either way. So stop, let it run its course. If they end up together, great. If not, then you can't, it feels like a, almost like a power trip, or like I, an I told you so moment. And that's just, again, very inappropriate, feels inappropriate to me. So, well, and so what you just said is something I want to key on, on right? This idea that you want to protect that you want to protect your kid from pain. Pervasive, obviously, and sure. and instinctual. Um, yeah, I, and if, like if valid. You, I get if it. You, if you feel for the human, then you should probably want to protect them from pain. I get that. Yeah. That being said, it is so important to be like, I want to protect them from t- pain, but like I... I... <sighs> Pain is unavoidable. I don't know. They shouldn't. I don't know. I don't know exactly how to phrase it, but basically, like, let your kid get hurt. Yes. (laughs) Let your kid experience things. Let your kid feel things, including love. Don't invalidate. And again, it's like, yes, they're in high school and they only have 
a finite amount of experiences right now that they can they can recall, but don't invalidate them. That's so it's that's not protecting them. That's just causing more emotional damage later on down the line. You can't right. invalidate your children. Well, it's a dependency and and taking risks that may result in pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you never let your kid climb that tree for fear that they might fall out of it, then as they grow up, they will never climb the metaphorical tree, you know, because then because they will be afraid of that potential for pain. Whereas if they climb the tree and they fall out of it and it hurts, but they survive, <laughs> then then they will maybe climb the tree again. There is yes. the possibility that they climb the tree and it hurts so bad that they never climb a tree again. I guess that's possible. <laughs> I won't say it isn't, but I am I am generally speaking an advocate for letting your kid take risks, make choices for themselves, get yes. hurt. Have experiences. Like we always say on the show, it's, it's experiences. Experiences are incredibly important, especially at this such a tumultuous age and time period in your life. Right. If your heart's not broken as a teenager, were you really a teen? Come right. On. Right. Someone had to break your heart at least once. Oh yeah. I that had my heart cool. broken as a teenager like three times probably. Okay. Yeah, even if it's an unrequited <laughs> love. It's just part of the growing process. I yep, yep. So that's I I think that it's Alan's approach to like, "Hey, listen, we raised a pretty decent kid. He's 16 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm going to trust him to make some choices, which I stand by." Yeah. 100%. Let him let him pass or fail this as it goes. Yeah. What's your take on Sean's shenanigans? I think that the whole like kiss thing was blown out of proportion because he did only kiss her on the cheek and everyone's like losing their minds. I think Corey surprisingly reacts in a very immature fashion where he confronts Sean about it and he's like, hey, what's uh, what's going on with this? And Sean comes forward and he's like, OK, if that's what you said happened, then that's that's what happened. And I trust you. I think Corey actually handles it very maturely. Do I think it was necessary for Sean to kiss Topanga on the cheek? No. And never in a situation where I'm trying to be comforted have I been comforted by a kiss on the cheek. And I get it that the physical expression is is Sean's love language, as, as we've seen thus far. But at the same time, it, it, it feels unnecessary. Also, in this episode and the next episode, I don't think Sean is a very good friend to Corey. Especially with the whole like, oh, this isn't going to happen. Like it's it's almost it's like the polar opposite of what Amy is doing, where it's giving him false hope and a comfort that you can't guarantee. I I don't like that. I don't like that for Corey. I hate that Sean is doing that when Sean is usually the one who's like, dude, let it go. Like he's usually the very like go with the flow, whatever. And he now he's getting into, I don't know. It, and And we've already seen. A little bit of this when we did Topanga's 16th birthday party and he was like, oh, well, don't worry. The Flintstones, it's like it's the same thing. So I I understand that they're trying to like play on that a little bit, too, that Sean thinks TV is real and et cetera, et cetera. But in this situation, it's not the stakes are way higher in this situation. And he should be he should be, again, listening to Corey and not putting ideas in his head of how this situation is going to go because Sean doesn't know. And that's uh, unfair of him to assume. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a um, lot. Sorry, it was, very, it was a very long string of thoughts and uh, I don't no. think I put any punctuation in there. So that's okay. thanks for sticking with me. You got it. Ducky was just yelling at me the whole time anyway. So let me take care of that. 
Do you disagree, Ducky? Huh? You want to fight about it a little bit, maybe? Yeah, I think Sean sucks in this episode. I'm just yeah. going to be like bold about it. Start to finish. Fuck Sean in this episode. Yeah. I actually think he's worse in the next one, but yes. we'll get there. He's, this, he's garbage for this entire uh, saga, if you yes. will. I I don't know. I, I think he's, he's a, sh- a shitty friend at the end of this in that his best friend is clearly hurting and hit the, all he can do to comfort him is be like, nah, it's not going to happen. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Lazy horseshit. Fuck Sean in this episode. Yeah. Uh, Especially comparing him to, or comparing the situation to anything that is seen on TV. And it's supposed to be like a joke of like, what kind of TV show is this? Blah, blah, blah. It's funny. We're laughing at ourselves. But it doesn't, it doesn't, negate the fact that Sean is like projecting if it is denial he's projecting this denial onto Corey because Corey really he wasn't in denial of her moving until he spoke to Sean Mm -hmm. so there's three endings to this episode which aggravates me what it feels like is there's three endings because you have Corey and Sean with what the hell kind of show is this yeah right and then there's Corey and Eric He's like, I don't know how to protect you from this. Oh, um, which is such a sweet moment. And and then there's also like a, a kind of like a they try to like button the Corey Amy Allen thing a little bit too, right? I don't know, just had like weird free beat ending feeling. And it felt like if I were the screenwriter, it was like, well, let's see, this episode's really about all the people closest to Corey. Eric tries to protect him by telling him stuff. Sean tries to protect him through denial, and Amy tries to protect him. Alan doesn't try to protect him, which I respect. And so it felt like maybe as a screenwriter, they're like, so we have to button each one of those things to let, let everyone know that everyone failed him. And all I can say is, like, yeah, everyone failed him because nobody needed to protect yes. him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what I what I really needed here was, like, life's tough, wear a helmet. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's That's- true. Uh, like I get it. It blows. Shit happens. What are you gonna do next? Yep. Okay. No one's in that boat really, except for Alan, and only somewhat. You know, it, it has a weird pacing of the endings, and then I don't know. I think Wilfredell does a good job. I like what they do with Eric for the most part, but I do wish there had been a little bit of more. I guess he's got a nice blend of the laissez-faire, like yeah, shit happens, but then also with the the mm-hmm. protecting. I don't know. I don't know. It's just like everyone's trying a little too hard for Corey's yeah. sake. And I just wish that someone would have been like, oh, sucks, man. Yeah. Right. Sorry about you. Do the long distance thing or don't. But that's that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then like moved on. You know, I, one thing I appreciated in my own teenage relationships my parents were generally uninvolved as fuck i passed or failed and succeeded or faltered much through my own trial and error and experienced teenage highs and lows and like i think all of that is great for who i am today yeah you know it's it's such an important time to learn these things in relationships with other humans and like most of the time they're going to end poorly. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how it will and should be. Yep. You know, all of my high school relationships except for one ended with like a heartbreak. Yeah. <laughs> one of them ended very coolly and casually where both of us were going to break up with the other one 
And we brought it up basically on the same day, high fived and said, all right, cool. (laughs) But that's the outlier. (laughs) The rest of them were all big and dramatic and full of tears and shit, you know, and a lot of like driving off to random secluded places and staring and at, at, at lakes and yelling and other teenage drama <laughs> shit, you know? Like, I get it. <laughs> staring at lakes and yelling. <laughs> I get it. I, I'm here for it, all right? Feel the pain, do the thing. It's going to be dramatic. You're going to be hurt about it, and then eventually yeah. you're going to get better. <laughs> That's true, yeah. That is true. It feels um, like the... And and I think another thing that, that should have been said by Amy and Alan, which was which has been said before in sitcoms and romantic comedies and coming of age stories. It's like, it sucks right now. It hurts right now, but we promise it will get better. And no one says that to him. No one gives him any solace in that. Like, Oh, your life will continue. Things will be okay. It's going to suck now, but guess what? We're going to get through it. That's how life works. And everyone is just like, well, you're going to feel the pain. Sorry. You're, in pain sucks to be you uh, pain 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 and i'm like can we just can we give him like a little solace that isn't topanga's not leaving thanks a lot sean no one says anything remotely like that and that feels silly to me well it's okay i mean like really you know if we want to if we want to get very analytical on this episode we have denial mm-hmm I don't really know. It's not that, Sean. Right. Like we have denial. We have anger, I guess, kind of with Corey lashing out at Amy. Bargaining. Well, what, what bargaining? I guess he's like, yeah, marry me. Right. He says that's his yeah. bargaining. <laughs> bargaining. Depression about, is at the end yeah. of this. Right. And yeah. so like, listen, he's really working through it very quickly. He's, he's well on his way to acceptance. So <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, too. I wish somebody would approach this and be like, hey, I get it. This is a big thing in your life. Mm-hmm. And now you are effectively grieving the loss of that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and like grief doesn't extend to simply the death of a person. It's really you're, you know, you're grieving loss of something. Yes. And I wish someone would be like, I get it, man. Like grieving. There's going to be a extended grieving period here. It's going to be upsetting. But like mm-hmm. you need to be aware that you are in a grieving period and that like you're gonna step your way through these stages and the other obviously too it's not linear and it's not like you can't go back from one to the other or be in one much longer than the other but like you're gonna experience all these things Mm -hmm. and we're grieving a loss and like we get that so like we're here to help you through that but we're not we're here to like that's the thing everyone's there to help Corey won't help himself though (laughs) yeah no well, and everyone's doing a, what they think is helpful, and it's not actually helpful. The no only one, asks, one I feel like no one is asks helpful. Him, like, how can I help? <laughs> that's Eric. Eric does, and he yeah. says, "Stand here with me." And that's yeah. that's why, like, I, that's why Eric honestly is the only one who really shines for me in this episode mm-hmm. because he does the big brother instinctual "I want to protect you" thing. Eric's still a teenager as well. It's not like he is has a fully formed brain yet and knows all mm-hmm. the answers and has all this experience, but he he is he is the first person to hear what Corey is saying, ask him what he needs and actually do it. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about Feeney's little scene? I think I think Feeney 
I think Feeney is, again, kind of trying to help, but Corey is only interested in hearing a certain side of what Feeney is saying. And mm-hmm. I feel like Feeney is very vague in this episode. So, because from what I heard, he was kind of rooting for Corey and Topanga to stay together, is what I was kind of getting from that. And. Mm-hmm it felt contradictory to what a normal adult would say. Uh, But then when Corey leaves and he's like, great, so I'm not going to give up. Thanks, Feeney, and like walks away. Feeney's like, oh, um, that's what you got from what I just said? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, because that's what you kind of said, dude. Like, I I think it was just very vague and unclear. And I wanted Feeney to say more or do more or be that person to speak into Corey and say, like, hardships happen, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he, he wasn't. And that was kind of upsetting. Yeah, it's not my favorite Feeney speech. No. It feeds Corey's ego too much. Yes. Who's your MVP? It's Eric. Yeah, I, I figured that's where Eric. you were going. Yeah. I and I was gonna I was kinda gonna lead into it and have the segue be like, and that's why Eric's my MVP, but I was like, we're not there yet. I, I think Eric is again the first person who listens, the first person who asks him what he wants. And I really appreciate that. And I think that it, he has good timing in this episode in that he's funny when funny moments are happening and he gets serious when he needs to be. And of course Will Friedell's ability to to go through that with fluidity is great always mm-hmm. it's eric for me hmm. yeah you didn't want to give it up years. you didn't want to give it up for morgan that wasn't your <laughs> <laughs> who wasn't actually in this zone she no, actually she did the most the beginning of this what when she's there with the grilled cheese and the steak and the cake Oh, that's right. That's she right. She complains that Corey's getting steak and she gets grilled cheese. And he's like, am I doing, Eric says, am I being nice? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, am I normally nice? She's like, no. So something's wrong. <laughs> that's right. I she See, she's forgettable in this episode. <laughs> sure. She did not my, get my MVP. My MVP is Alan. I figured. Because he, he minds his damn business. <laughs> yes, he does. He doesn't speak out of turn and mess things up further. So... Yeah, yeah, man. Just let your fucking teenager fall on their face sometimes. Yep, it's necessary. Let him fall. Mm-hmm. Just let him fall. I was watching Finding Nemo with my roommate uh, earlier this week, and there's that moment where Dory he says, "Like I promised, I'd never let anything happen to him." And Dory goes, "Well, you can't make that promise because then like, right. nothing's ever going to happen to him." And that's kind of what I thought of when I was watching yeah. this episode. <laughs> let let shit happen. Yeah. I mean, like, within reason. <laughs> yeah, of course. You don't let them. Prevent, prevent serious harm, I guess. But, like, yeah. I, don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's hard, I suppose. I'm not a parent. I was going to say, neither even, But even with the kids that I nanny, like, not not that any, not that they've experienced any sort of tremendous emotional upheaval while I've been around. I don't know. I never stopped them from doing something that might be... <laughs> Yeah. That like if they fuck it up, then they're gonna hurt themselves. I I basically never stop them from that unless it's clear that like yeah, it's too much. Right, right. If it's if it's gonna put me in some sort of tremendous danger besides like a band aid or an ice pack, then <laughs> then I guess I stop them from that thing. But let them let them climb a tree, let them fall out of the tree. It's fine. They'll be fine. Mm-hmm. 
can't you're welcome to be there with bandages, but right, exactly. You can be there with a band-aid and a hug uh, when they're done, and then you can send them on their way to cry it out a little bit. Yep. Be there with another band-aid and a hug when they need it, but let them work through. Yeah. All right, we should wrap this one, I guess, and move on to two. Ooh, ooh. Thanks for listening, y'all. We're going to yeah. record part two. It's an exciting two-part recording, but you're going to listen to them a week apart. <laughs> yeah, so just sit on those pins and needles for a week. Ha-ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're celebrating Christmas this week, Merry Christmas to you and oh. yours. Uh, happy Boxing Day. Mm-hmm. Happy Kwanzaa. All the good stuff that is happening this week be safe be smart be healthy all the good things check us out on uh, the social media thingies we're there we're on instagram at the feeny call podcast on twitter and facebook at feeny call and uh send us an email you can just say merry christmas if you want because skylar and i both celebrate christmas so feeny call podcast at gmail.com also there's a link in not just our instagram bio but also a link in the description of this episode that if you click on it you can leave us a voicemail and uh, who knows? It could show up in the show if you uh, if you want to uh, be on a podcast. We clearly do because we created this thing, so it's pretty fun in our opinion. I to join us. I, I listen. As far as I'm concerned, everyone wants to be on a podcast. Everyone has a podcast. Exactly. Um, what is that? The the meme that goes around like, why do men start podcasts instead of going to therapy? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, jeepers. All right. So true. For now, class dismissed.